Hello, and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Jonathan Shirey with Guidehouse Consulting. I'm a partner in our commercial financial services segment. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Tiffany Perkins Munn, who is a managing director and head of marketing data and analytics at JP Morgan Chase and Company. So welcome, Tiffany. It's been great to put this on the calendar, and I've been very eager to speak with you. Hey, Jonathan. It's nice to be here chatting with you, too. You know, as an executive, I know one of the very first things that you're probably asked on, on a regular basis is, you know, are we getting a return on our investment? You know, what what what, what are we seeing? You know, are, are we making money or reducing costs? You know, when you when you look at that, like how from a marketing perspective, are you able to start to measure return on investments using these new technologies such as AI and machine learning? Uh, yeah. and is, there, is it clear cut or is it is, is, is it a bit of an ambiguous challenge? Oh, my. It is not straightforward at all, right? It's just not something that's straightforward. However, we have moved from a place just as an industry where we're trying to boil the ocean and we have learned to break activities down into their component parts. And for a particular component part, let's analyze all of the, and plus now we have all this data. So we can see customer touch points along the journey. We know when they ramp up their behavior, when they ramp down their behaviors. Um, we understand when they are ripe in their sort of life stage for some new product or services that maybe they haven't asked for, but they want. So we have all of this information now and we can use this information to stop trying to think about, let's talk about a campaign. Stop trying to think about the campaign as a whole and start thinking about the various steps that a consumer may make as part of that campaign. And when you start being able to um, dissect in that way, then you can start assigning outcomes to each of those stages, right? So then you know, um, did this person, they came in on at this point in the ecosystem and how did they engage with us? Did they continue? Okay, they stopped engaging with us. Up, oh, let's stop and analyze that. What made them stop engaging with us at that juncture, right? Or they kept engaging with us. So we're continuing to monitor their engagement. Oh, this was an opportunity for them to buy something, but they did not buy. Oh, let's stop and analyze that. Why didn't they buy at that juncture? Do they already have something similar? Did they did, did they just overlook it and didn't see it? Do we need to go back to them? So really dissecting the, if you think about the lifespan of a campaign, just using that as an example, into component parts and really start starting to understand where in the journey we are impacting the different business outcomes. And some of those business outcomes are um, things like making them aware right? Upper funnel things, making them aware of our products and services, making sure they know that we offer various things that they can get it from us, all the way to actually buying a product, multiple products, engaging with us in different ways, right? So I think that when we talk about business outcomes, we are, as an, as an industry in financial services, for obvious reasons, hypersensitive to and hyper-focused on everything that is um, financial as an outcome. Totally get it. However, there are all these other elements that really contribute and drive whether or not we see that financial outcome, right? Having to do with 
how we engage with the customer, how they perceive our brand, what their experience is along that journey. So taking apart that whole idea, like we're just going to go from A to some financial outcome and really understanding those interim requisite steps that lead to that actual financial activity is key, Jonathan. I don't think we, as an industry really, have been doing that consistently enough. Yeah, and, and and that's that that is a fantastic advice because you know it is easy to look at things macro and, and and start to just make conclusions, but you really need to understand the nuances of the customer journey and and how right. they're making decisions or or any journey at all, right? Whether you're creating an internal operation process and you're trying to reduce costs, um, if if you don't look at it as as part of the value chain, I think you you can come to some false conclusions and, and make decisions that have you know unintended consequences as well or to your point, you don't get the return that you you would expect uh, from the value. Right. And, I, and so it would be remiss of me to not ask this question because you, you brought up the word earlier, uh, chat GPT. Yes. So I think the only thing that may be more popular right now than chat GPT <laughs> is the Taylor Swift concert. But, you know, outside of our knowledge on Taylor Swift, let's talk about chat GPT and your thoughts on, you know, how that is going to apply or what your, your views on it at, at the early indicators in the financial institution industry. Yeah, I think it's interesting because pretty early on in the life of ChatGPT, my daughter's at um, in college and she said, all of my teachers are, are make, telling us not to use ChatGPT. And I was like, well, you know, they, they were just learning about what it was and everything. And it hadn't occurred to me that like, oh, yeah, students might use this to actually, you know, write papers and things like that. And but if what it brings up for me is like there are all these things that people are being there are places where we as humans are innovating. We're creative. We're innovative. We're thoughtful. We're coming up with new ideas that is never going to happen in chat GPT because chat GPT is really all about um, sort of synthesizing what's already known about a topic. Right. So if you rely too heavily on it, you do have the risk of not only is it not your own original thought, but you run the risk of just losing your ability to think creatively and out, out of the box. And then ultimately you become like, what are you now? Like an editor? Like you're not really writing. You're getting it from chat GPT and then you're editing it so that it has kind of your voice. And I don't think for people who really consider themselves content creators and writers, I don't think that's the, the goal. And it's all old information. And by the way, it could be wrong. Like there's no verification system related to chat GPTs to say that this information you're capturing is right. And you know, like I have a blog, like chat GPT is pulling from my blog and, and the thousands of millions of other people out there who have blogs who are writing on a certain topic. They didn't ask me if they could use my information. Like, I feel like there are all these privacy and security issues that have to be addressed with with um, large language models and things like chat GPT because there are privacy concerns. So it's kind of, you know, I think there, so having said all that, yes, I get it. You want a summary of something, you kind of want to understand what, what the thought, the prevalent thoughts are on a given topic, totally understand the utilization of it. But I think the, there's always this, this, this impetus to kind of, use it to replace your own original thought, which it's not. And then it brings up the issue of privacy, like, well, whose thoughts are they? 
And have you, so you're taking the combination of a group of people's thoughts and then turning them into your own or presenting them as your own. So that's a, you know, it's just a privacy and security concern that I think we will need to address um, in addition to sort of the broader sort of how do we still maintain as humans our own sense of individual individuality, creativity, and innovation. That makes sense. It sort of sounds like a little bit wait and see and, and yes. talk. Uh, before we get too excited about uh, what the implications could be from a from a use case perspective. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm super excited about it. And I think that there are a lot of, with the right, so we, what did we just talk about? Legal, compliance, risk, and control. So with the right level of legal, compliance, risk, and controls, I think that tools like ChatGPT could be invaluable, highly useful, but just kind of out there in the world, um, they will be prone to misuse, I believe. So it sounds like just from a summary of the discussion, uh, when we think about overall like hyper-personalization and segmentation is upon us in the financial institution world. And so people and institutions focusing in those areas uh, will be able to, to move the, uh, the needle forward um, and, and start to better serve their clients. Uh, when you look at like how you measure the, the ROI, you break that, um, that journey that these clients have into a more granular level and understand the journey that they're going through the value chain and how you're, 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 you're impacting that and the decisions that your clients are making and how data can inform you to help them uh, make better decisions uh, that are aligned with, you know, the services that your clients uh, are, are offering. Uh, when, you, when you go to implement these data techniques, having the right change management journey and understanding there is no like beginning and end with change management. This is a continuous evolution and your firm and your institution is going to be continuously changing. So you need to be prepared. The new technologies coming in um, are continuously creating change. And so you need to be ready to handle those data literacy, making sure that your, your organization is up to date on the latest trends, understands how data is being applied, uh, understands the implications of data, how to manage it, create the quality uh, that you need in order to, to get the benefits from these new technologies. And then always having your risk, your control and your compliance partners at the table, sitting with you, making sure that you're staying in bounds with your regulators and, and within the uh, policies and procedures that you have within your organization. Uh, does that sound like a fair summary of today's discussion? That was an amazing summary, Jonathan. Very accurate um, and concise. I love it. Great. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much. You know, I have been super eager to have this conversation with you. I, I am a huge fan. I'm a blog reader now. Um, thank you. I love your LinkedIn profile, your background, how you ended up in, into data overall. And, you know, thank you also just for any of the audience joining us. Um, you know, we please visit cdomagazine.tech uh, for any additional reviews. And uh, we really appreciate the time today and uh, hope you have a, a great uh, 2023 second quarter.